tour shirts or something. That's something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, you think about the Taylor Swift audience, and if Taylor yeah. Swift today was like, I'm doing a musical, her fans would be like, what? Oh, my I'm God, yeah. pre-sale? Get me in on this, you know? Like, Foo Fighter fans, not quite. No. Not quite the same vibe. It's not up, you know, they're, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you found us, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Mamma Mia! And if you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, throw us a follow, give us a review. If you want to, you know, become a little bit more involved in your favorite podcast, the Rom-Com Rewind podcast. You can reach out to us on Instagram, as did Joel. He said, hey, RCR, on your episode, John Tucker Must Die, you wondered about the origins of the term gaslighting. Yes. It comes from the 1944 film Gaslight, based on a play in which a husband manipulates his wife. The gaslights in the house proved to be a crucial plot point. Not exactly a rom-com, the exact opposite, in fact. <laughs> I was say, so probably dark. not something to add to your roster. Uh, I want to shout out a message we also got from Cody. Um, Cody said, oh my God, just finished seeing the movie Love Again in theaters. Just having wiped tears. And I cannot recommend this movie enough to you both. All of the perfect ingredients of a rom-com. It's almost like a modern day combo of Sleepless in Seattle. You've got mail, but with a major theme of grief. The two leads have such great chemistry. You root for them. You root for the supporting characters. Uh, Great soundtrack. Oh, my favorite thing about Cody's message. I get to do a shitty uh, French accent because Celine Dion is in this movie. They're great. Thank you for your messages. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for your messages, you guys. I'm trying to wrap up my French accent yeah, there. I am. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Mamma Mia is a 2008 jukebox musical romantic comedy directed by Phyllida Lloyd based off the 1999 musical of the same name. This film is based on the songs of pop group ABBA. Mamma Mia is the story of Sophie Sheridan, played by Amanda Seyfried. Sophie lives on the fictional Greek island of Kalakairi with her mother Donna, played by Meryl Streep, and her soon-to-be husband Sky, played by Dominic Cooper. Sky and Sophie, set to be married in just a few days, but the catch is that Sophie has no idea who her father is. However, Sophie found her mother Donna's journal from right around the time when she was conceived. In sleuthing, Through this journal, Sophie has identified and discovered that there are three possible men who could be her father. And so naturally, as one does, she invites all three of them to her wedding on this Greek island thinking we'll figure it out when they all get here. I'll know who my father is. Of course, that does not all go to plan. There is uh, Bill Anderson, played by Stellan Skarsgård, Sam Carmichael, played by Pierce Brosnan, and Harry Bright, played by Colin Firth. Those are the three possible fathers. What are your thoughts on Mamma Mia? Every girl has a dream. I want the perfect wedding, and I want my father to give me away. Look at my baby, your whole life ahead of Every family. I read Mom's diary. Has a secret. And I have three possible fathers. Oh. My. God. Every wedding. Which one did you invite? One more. Has a few surprises. A big fan of musicals here, so this movie is just so fun and phenomenal. The cast is just out of this world. I mean, you can't ask for a better cast, especially when they all sing 
like themselves. They're there. That is their voices. Yeah. Sometimes you can tell. Sometimes <laughs> you can tell. But I mean, hey, they're they're a lot better than you and I. I saw a uh, review from back when back when this dropped from somebody on BBC radio in the UK. It's the closest thing you get to see A-list actors doing drunken karaoke. Oh, (laughs) you know what? Everybody's pretty good, actually, except for like I'll, I'll identify like two people when we get to the point, because everybody you're right. There's a lot of great singing voices here. I did have a little bit of secondhand embarrassment for Pierce Brosnan. I was going to say Pierce Brosnan was the was the one I identified immediately. I'm like, oh, just he's... like just at a few points in time. And I was like, oh, but you know what? Good for him. Like, what a fun movie to do. And they, I think, you know, all the actors like they've all said they really thoroughly enjoyed doing this film and they had a blast doing it. It was just fun. Like it's, it's classic. It's easy. It's here's the thing. I find it's a film with some quirks. Like there are some definite holes in this. Yeah. But let's be real. You're making an ABBA musical. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest pop groups of all time. Yes. So like with with great music, with great music. So the, like you think about it, the fanatical fans are going to love it. The Fairweather fans are going to be pleased because you still know all the words. Like ABBA has like yeah. 20 hit songs. At and, least. Yeah. And everyone else, if you don't like ABBA, you're just like, I'm not going to watch that. Right. So like you end up with just a ton of people who are like just psyched that Meryl Streep is doing ABBA music, you know? Well, and it's so entertaining, right? Like Meryl Streep is phenomenal in this movie. She's I, phenomenal in everything. She is. She's, she doesn't miss. She, does. she no. doesn't miss, guys. I just love her in this movie so much in those overalls, those blue overalls. I just love it. Oh, this movie just is so heartwarming and it's it's like a warm cookie. You know, with ice cream on top. Whoa, Sarah's doing the food analogies. I'm trying. I don't know if it's a good one, but I like it. Stay in your own lane, Sarah. (laughs) Um, I like, I, yes. It's good. It's yummy. I think you're right. Like, but it's got to be a cookie that you've had a million times. A chocolate chip cookie. And you're still like, oh, sweet. I love these cookies. Because we've all heard Dancing Queen, but it is nice to flick on Mamma Mia and be like, ah, and there's Dancing Queen again. I I do love it. (laughs) Yeah, like I love their ensemble dances when they're dancing, all dancing on the on the on the docks and stuff. And even like the bachelor parties when they're all dancing with the with the uh, flippers and their like snorkel gear. Like it's hilarious. It's just so fun. You know, some of the imagery and it's funny because this is really popular on TikTok right now. Some of the imagery in this film feels so unique that it almost gives me Wes Anderson vibes sometimes like when Meryl Streep is about to start singing a song and then she looks back at just like the random town folk and they're all staring at her singing back to (laughs) her like this is a little like eerie (laughs) but like funny in a way that like some Wes Anderson films are it's just like the aesthetic of how they shoot certain scenes and moments yeah I completely agree so as you mentioned um the premise for this movie is Sophie finding out who her father is by E or by emailing by mailing they don't have email no they do but it's yeah um can't imagine they have good wi-fi on that island i don't think so so sophie mails the invitation to her wedding to all three potential men who could be her father um and her mom had canoodled with in it's an interesting timeline though because so sophie's 20 and i want i actually want to ask you this um sophie's 20 they're getting married 
how they pictured them like when you see kind of the flashbacks of each of all three men yeah. when Donna sees them is like 70s 80s so it would only work if like the time period for this is actually like 80s or 90s well the original 90s, music musical was 99 which right. means that this is occurring in 1979 1980 okay then that would make sense okay i'm glad we cleared that up i just <laughs> i wasn't you know part of me was like wow they literally look like the 70s yeah 80s. like that's kind of okay cool totally down for it but like how does that match up with sophie being 20 and then you know she'd have to be a lot older so they do in reading the journal yes when Donna wrote it, she used dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And Sophie's two bridesmaids, who you almost never see in this film, by I the way. Know. I know. For bridesmaids, they're very, very out to lunch. Um, they're like, what does dot, <laughs> dot, dot mean? And Sophie's like, dot, dot, dot means dot, dot, dot. And then there's this whole song that happens. <laughs> yes. But um, I did not have that on my list of like sexual uh, euphemisms, let's say, like words for... Is it an old term? We don't know. I've got for you, Sarah. Mm. Can we do the best and worst, like old euphemisms okay. for sex? Because yeah. we, we've done like current terms. Sarah hated pretty much all of them, but maybe you're, <laughs> maybe you're a classy lady. Maybe, maybe you want to go back to like 1500s Shakespeare, for example. Oh, and, that's me right there. And oh, by the way, just give these a yes or no. Like they Turn should come on. back. They shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, how about, um, they could have been making the beast with two backs. Oh, good God. No, I'm going to give a thumbs down to that. Making what? Making the, that's from Othello. Ma- I actually remember reading that quote. Making like, the beast. Yeah. Make the beast with two backs. How about, with uh, two backs? No. give a girl a green gown. Give a girl a green gown. Is that because she's like really green and uh, doesn't know how to do it? I think it's like when they used to have sex in grass. So you're giving her a. A green gown, which is just laying her in the grass. Oh, my God. So she's like, oh, my God. Does she have um, uh, grass stains on her back? I, maybe. Yeah, that's, maybe. No, that's I'm going to give that a thumbs down. That's terrible. I'm, about, aller- I'm allergic to grass. How about shaking of the sheets? <laughs> Shake, oh, that's good. I like that one. Shaking of the sheets. Also, who the hell is allergic to grass? There's no way you're actually allergic to grass. There are a lot of people who sit in grass and get itchy. So please don't yeah, come at me. you get itchy. You're not like allergic. Of, that's no, like the I planet is l- trying to kill I you. I have a little bit of like a rash. And I would also like to say our dog is also allergic to grass. So her and I. Okay, she's not allergic to grass. Yes, she is. She has environmental allergies. We don't yeah, really know what grass. it is. Okay. <laughs> this is absurd. How about amorous Congress? That sounds like Latin. Uh, it was a highly polite term for sexual intercourse dating back to the genteel days. That is, I'm going to guess, still Latin. Okay. How about this one? Riding St. George. <laughs> I actually, like, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with actually, like, doing it, but I like it, you know? What is it again? <laughs> it, riding St. George. I like it. It's from the 1800s. <laughs> I guess there's a tale of St. George and the dragon. Oh, he rode on top the of the dragon. dragon. So I think... Yeah. That's not some bestiality shit. No, of course not. It's just like, you know how, how somebody, like, like, like there's a term it. for like riding cowgirl. It's just riding a horse, oh. right? You're riding the dragon because St. George drew it, rode the dragon. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> I like it. It's fun. Uh, there is also a term, uh, have your corn ground. No, that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. And it also sounds awful if it were to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Riding up your corn, girl. 
I don't know if the corn is the guy's <laughs> parts or the girl's parts. Either or. Um, oh, my God. In the 1800s, they used to call it horizontal refreshment. Stop it. I love that. That sounds lovely. Would you like a horizontal refreshment? Yeah, that sounds really, <laughs> that sounds really so sophisticated. Good. I love it. Um, Take a roll in the hay. We've heard that. Now we're getting into the 1940s. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I mean, oh. like that one's fine. Like, I feel like it's, you know, you remember that one. Oh, my God. In the 1500s, the Egyptians translated, obviously, used to call it uh, doing the deed of darkness. Oh, wow. I mean, that's kind of <sighs> like sultry, right? That's like gothic almost, right? <laughs> Um, and <laughs> this one, I don't even think I can say with a straight Oh my face. God, you can't. Cause you're like trying to like hide it right now. Uh, cause in 1600s English, they would say, uh, it's giving one's arse a salad. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those That's are, no. those are all the classic, um, Grope for a trout in a peculiar river. Oh, I, you know what? I wouldn't like, I don't, I think it's hilarious. That's oh, funny. That's Grope actually a Shakespearean a quote, quote as well. Shakespeare, a lot of different ways to talk about sex. Apparently he had a, he had a way with words, right? I'm totally, <laughs> <laughs> he definitely did. It's, it's weird that we know Shakespeare for so many things. And it's like, did you know, also some pretty weird ways to talk about sex guys. Well, I mean, like he was, <laughs> who knew yeah. the plays are interesting. All the death, you know, all end in death. Really? Yeah. Not all of them, but like a lot of them. The next time somebody them. starts like waxing poetic about how amazing Shakespeare is, I'll be like, you know, he's responsible for making the beast with two backs. That's, that's him the right beast there. With two backs. That's that was like all one of my least favorite, <laughs> least fave. <laughs> Sophie believes that there's a piece of her missing and that when she meets her dad, all those pieces will fall into place. So we have, like you mentioned, Sophie's besties come who are going to be her bridesmaids. But we also have Donna's besties who come, Tanya and Rose, or Rosie, I should say. Um, they are Donna and the Dynamos. I love Donna and the Dynamos. Really? Yes. This is where we're going to start differing because if there were two people who I don't think needed to be in this movie, <gasps> it's probably those two. I was going to say, probably Sophie's bridesmaids didn't oh, need to be in the movie. Oh, for sure the bridesmaids. they did nothing. Did Sky even have groomsmen? Like, who... He had random guys, I guess. Yeah, he had, I guess he had like friends, but. No names. Yeah, yeah we didn't meet them. We didn't even know they existed. Yes. So we also have arriving on the island, the men, the the potential fathers are all on their boat. Um, Actually, they're on Bill's boat because they missed the ferry to the island and Bill picks them up on their way and they realize that they all got the invite but haven't heard from Donna in like 20 years. And then we have Money, Money, Money song come on. Donna runs the inn called um, I think it's called the Donna Inn um, or Donna Hotel and with her daughter and nothing in the inn is functional and and everything is run down. So you kind of see it throughout the movie. The scene where the song, um, she's in a gown at the front of a yacht and her two friends, Tanya and Rosie, are on like sea doos, jet skis. That is the most ridiculous scene <laughs> in this entire movie. There's lots of things that have like 
musical aspects to it and the scenes are ridiculous this is the most ridiculous scene this like the jet skis aren't even in the water they're on like the platforms on the yacht and she's in a gown like the titanic at the i was gonna say it feels very titanic it's Celine absurd Dion. i saw this and i literally burst out laughing because i couldn't handle this like i was like oh my god i'm so embarrassed for them during this scene that was the only scene in this entire movie that i was like we didn't need this we didn't need this <laughs> but you still loved it though loved it okay the three guys show up to the island and they want to get to their room to freshen up before seeing Donna. So Sophie shows them to an attic um, in in the part of the hotel where, the, where they will be staying until the wedding. And she comes clean to them saying, you know what, Donna doesn't know. I invited you. It's going to be a great surprise. So while Sophie is getting out, she kind of slams the attic door too hard or window, I should say. And Donna kind of hears it and goes up the ladder and sees the three men. And we get a little flashback of each of them This is kind of what I was talking about earlier, how it's like the 70s, 80s vibe to all of this. And we see them with long hair and like... um while we see Harry with like some, you know, makeup goth. Well, I guess it's not goth, but like headbanger, like, you know, rock, that kind of vibe. Um, It was an interesting flashback. It's funny because like, it's not like they use younger versions of themselves. They just like use themselves, but like (laughs) with different makeup and clothes on. There was no (laughs) de-aging technology that was happening here. We're just like, put Pierce, give, give Pierce a wig. And see what he looks like. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, how about a mustache too? Yeah, that, was, that'll work. It was hilarious because like you knew it was almost like costume time, like Halloween. This is what you guys were going out as Halloween, like for Halloween. Do you find pieces of this movie has touches of like what they achieved extremely successfully with the Princess Bride where they're like, this is going to feel a little campy and a little ridiculous and a little low budget, but it's not low budget. But we're going to make it feel that way because it's more funny that way. Well, I think it just gives the movie charm. The movie, this movie is a charming, you know, remake of the play musical, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it has such fantastic elements to it. Um, and like I said, a lot of charm to it. I really, it's just such a fun movie. And I think the glamour is in the ridiculousness of it. So yeah. they're like, we're not going to spend money de-aging these people. Let's just <laughs> give him a wig. Give him a wig. Stellan, yeah, give him a wig too. Why not? Let's see what yeah. it looks like. Oh my <laughs> God, I know. So this is when Donna sings Mamma Mia and she ends up falling into the attic via the roof and sees the three men and they have a quick conversation where Donna tells them like, you need to get back on the boat. You can't be here. Go to the mainland. Like, you know, each of them say kind of why they're there writing a book or travel book visiting on vacation and then like Donna has a little bit of a breakdown she runs into the bathroom where her best friends Tanya and Rosie they try to help and they find out what happened Donna comes clean and says you know what she thought it was Sam who was her father Sophie's father um he's an architect but she isn't actually 100% sure because there was a little bit of overlap of the two other men at the same time or around the same time it turns out Donna never told any of them that they might have a daughter but she doesn't even know you know She doesn't want Sophie to know about the three men being there when Sophie obviously already knows because she's the one who invited them. We have Dancing Queen, the scene that comes in. This was so fun to film, I feel. Like, just 
them dancing all on the dock, all the women in, you know, in the, uh, on the island dancing and being their own dancing queen. I thought this was really cute. It ends with, you know, Donna jumping into the water. Sophie runs to the dock to find the men on a boat and she swims out there because Donna has told the three the three fathers to leave like you know peace out goodbye I don't want to see you so Sophie thinks they're actually leaving when in fact they're just staying on the boat until the wedding but she spends the day with uh with the three guys sailing around the island and enjoying you know they're they're like meeting them and getting to know them a little bit and um then she swims back because Sky says, like, you got to come back because where have you been all day? We got stuff to do. The wedding's tomorrow. It's the night of the bachelor and bachelorette parties. These are ridiculous. Like the the guy, like the men for the bachelor party come out of like the forest in these masks and like kidnap Sky. <laughs> like, do you remember that scene? Yes. Yeah. It's bachelor absurd. parties are supposed to get kidnapped technically, right? In masks. Uh, masks might have been overdoing it a little bit. I feel, yeah. And then the bachelorette party was just, you know, her hanging out and Don and the Dynamos uh, perform. This was actually my best scene. I love when they do the acapella at the very beginning. That's actually them singing and then going into Super Trooper. Um, I love it. And then we also jump into Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a Man After Midnight as... The three guys yes. all kind of show up and they, ooh, hey, there's Donna and the Dynamos. I've got a question. Right. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight has kind of gotten a little bit TikTok viral lately. I think it's introduced a whole new group of people to ABBA a little tiny bit. Yes. I love ABBA. Question, One of my faves. Question. Mm-hmm. Shania Twain recently did an interview where she actually talked to a member of ABBA about her catalog and they're like, yeah, you know what? Like you, you could do a mama Mia. And Shania Twain's like, I might actually take you up on that offer. Like, how do I do it? What, what process do I go through? Et cetera, et cetera. Question for you, Sarah, right. of it doesn't need to be like current contemporary artists, mm. but like who, who doesn't have a musical could have a musical. Oh, that's such a good question. I I've got know. like six or seven. Holy right here. smokes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, Shania Twain, I guess I could see it. I don't know how good it would be if I'm being completely honest, because she hasn't done anything for the past 20 years. Right. But I mean, not at this 20 p- years, I should say, I shouldn't say that, but like, but for at a this while, point, ABBA hadn't done much. They just, I, I would say they have more. Yeah. Hits. I just feel like, yes, they had more hits. The songs had a little bit of, I find for ABBA songs, they almost have a story within the song. Man, I feel like a woman that yeah. don't impress me much. Yes, like, yes. I think there's a theme too. I agree. I don't, yes, I agree. I agree. Hey, I think she could do it. I don't know how many songs or how long it could be. How about this? There's an easy answer on the table. Taylor Swift. Oh, big time. <laughs> Those are stories upon stories and like so many albums. Absolutely. She could do it. She's on her era's tour right now as we record this, which is like bringing you all these flashbacks of all the different moments and times in her career. My only thing is that like she, here's the thing, like Taylor Swift's kind of doing it. Like she did a short film and at the end of it, everybody's like, 
and screw Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, like yeah, no. hate that guy. <laughs> no People deep hate, feelings yeah. about this, right? She, she's releasing her Speak Now album, mm. which like inevitably everybody's going to be like, yeah, and John Mayer, hate him too. <laughs> like, is it all just going to be like breakups in this movie oh, that she does? It's definitely like, yes, a story of breakups. I'm sure it, it would have to be the musical of that, right? It, it's, it would have to be like the female version of Definitely Maybe, where maybe she's telling a story to her now daughter about all the men she dated before and finding the one. Before finding the one, maybe, maybe something like that. Um, gonna, like, yeah, how I met your mother. Yeah, <laughs> gonna throw a yeah. That's how I met your mother. Yeah. Uh, a few other options. Ed Sheeran. Okay. Yes, he could do it. Yeah, it's just like he doesn't have like super upbeat. It would just uh, very no. very be like a you know very mellow one one vibe kind of thing. What about David Bowie? Oh, David Bowie. I mean, he's passed away now. Yes. Yes. But yeah. Yeah, I think he could. Yeah. Because I, I, he had that like all alter ego um, Ziggy Stardust, right? Yes. So maybe there's something with that. Yeah, I yeah. I was also thinking Elton John. Well, Elton, uh, Elton John's got the biopic, which is different. He does, he That's does. Different. It is different. I feel like, you know, you could do something. See, I think Elton John, there is like a... You can tell a story there. That's not the Elton John story. That's a different story. You know, I, I can I, see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, could Adele? Shit, that would be a lot of breakups too again, it right? That would be really sad yes, a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, it would be very like great to listen to, but you'd have to find somebody who could like hit her music, you know, like sing all of her music. What about Madonna? Oh, okay. I, you know, I just like, I don't know what it is lately. I, she's trying to do. Say it. She's trying Say to what do we're all this thinking, thing. Sarah. Like she's trying to do, what was she trying to do? Like a biography or like an uh, autobiography? Like I just, she's not my vibe right now. I just don't. She's trying to stay relevant. She's trying yes. to be relevant with like things going on right now. And it's just not working. Like just, you know, stop, just stop. I completely agree. I think she's tr trying to stay relevant. And when you become an artist of, and uh, you know what? Madonna would probably shoot me if I said this, but like of that era and of that age, you kind of like, there's a certain route you can go down where you still like stay relevant, but it's like the Elton John stuff. Just, just do like, hey, you know, a couple years I'm going to retire, but like, let's just go out with a bang. Instead, she's like, she wrote the biopic herself, which a lot of people were worried about. She wanted to direct it herself. She put actresses through a Madonna boot camp to decide who would actually I be heard. cast in this. And she then... cast a Madonna. So this this woman thinks she's got a job. And then she's like, I'm going to go on tour instead. And now it's put up on the show. Like, I feel bad for that girl who ended up getting it. She's fairly popular, too. Like, she's a big Isn't name. Isn't it Florence Pugh? No, it, Florence Pugh was on the list. Though. Oh, okay. Because, like... You know, I think it for her, for Madonna, she's like, what, where can I make the most money? Because like you have Elton John who kind of did, you know, a remake of a song with Britney Spears, song with Dua Lipa. He's doing things. And again, he's doing it definitely, you know, to stay relevant, but also money. They all are doing it for money. I mean, who wouldn't? It was Julia Garner who's in oh, okay. Inventing Anna, Ozark. Ah, gotcha. Stuff like that. I've actually got two. So I also had Justin Timberlake on my list. Oh, yeah. Maybe he could do oh, it. Oh, I know. But it's just like that one album. It was Future so Sex Love Sounds. Good. Fantastic. Apparently, he's got a new one coming out. I really hope it's good. That's going to be the same vibe as that. <gasps> Thank God. I've been waiting my, like, I've been waiting years. Timbaland producing it. It's funny because, you know, we realize that a lot of you on the RCR fam 
you like listen to episodes maybe like months and even years after we've dropped them so it's gonna be really funny somebody's gonna listen to this <laughs> two years from now that album will have dropped been a total dud and been like what were they talking about that album sucked <laughs> like let's hope it doesn't we let's have hope, hope it's killer okay guys okay person in 2026 listening to this pod um and now i've got two final ones on my list All that right. wouldn't work but they should work mm. the foo fighters Oh, okay. I feel like that's a, such a specific audience for them. And Pearl Jam. Yeah, same. Yes, but pe- those diehards for both of them. But, but so so here's the thing. I think both of them, if you listen to their music, there are a lot of stories to be told. There's a lot of like, it feels like it's all in the same vein of stories too. So you could build something out with this. But I don't think, and I don't want to be disrespectful but I know some people who are like hardcore core Pearl Jam fans. And I think in my mind, like, would that guy go see a musical for Pearl Jam? No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely You're not. Right. Yeah. Like that would be such a niche like thing for their like their audience. And it's just like not going to happen. They would never show up to a musical if they didn't have to. So, if, like, yeah. I love the Foo Fighters and I would go see a Foo, Foo Fighters musical. But by and large, their audience, I don't think they would. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Right. I just can't. They'd have to like sell like like tour shirts or something something yeah yeah whereas like you think about the taylor swift audience and if taylor swift today was like i'm doing a musical her fans would be like oh my god pre-sale get me in on this you know like (laughs) foo fighter fans not quite no not quite the same vibe it's not up you know they're uh (laughs) yeah no so now we're kind of at my best scene my favorite part of this film is when all the freaking dads all three of them (laughs) it's kind of funny that none of them put I know. put it all together until it all happens at the same moment. Cause classic, it's a musical. It's it all a, dawns on them at once. Every single one of these guys realizes, Oh my God. And I know why I'm here. Why didn't Donna tell me? How long have you known I'm your father? What? Not long at all. Sam, listen to me. My mom doesn't know that I know. None of them talk to each other about it either. So all of them individually, we've got Voulez-Vous playing in the background or like not playing in the background. They're all singing along to Voulez-Vous and all each guy individually goes up to Sophie and is like, I'm your, I realized it. I'm your dad and I'm going to walk you down the aisle. And inexplicably, she just like nods along to each yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. While her world falls <laughs> apart. And it was just the ridiculousness of it. It was also like, I think the point in the film where you're like, Okay, somebody's got to figure this shit out. Seriously. And then it dawns on all of them at the same time. You're like, thank you, guys. Thank you for finally... For putting your poop in a pile. You know? Putting your poop in a pile. Well, like getting your shit together. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Put that in the pile of you know you're a parent when. You can't even say getting your shit together. Sarah found a new way to... You're welcome. Thank you for that. Uh, Yes, so... Sophie becomes so overwhelmed with all of this. She didn't have a dad and now she is three (laughs) that she faints in the middle of the bachelor and bachelorette parties because they have now become one. Yeah. And Sophie passes out from all the anxiety. So then we jump to the next day. Yeah. So Sophie tells her mom that she doesn't know what to do anymore. And Donna thinks she wants to call off the wedding to Sky that Sophie doesn't want to get married to him anymore. Okay. There are times where Sophie drives me crazy because she's just like a little bit frantic and a little bit like, oh, I just want to love and I just want to get married and just bursting with all this passion. I did agree with her in this scenario because she's trying to come to her mom, Donna, to be like, hey, 
you know, I'm feeling a certain way about something. And her mom, Donna, is like, you don't want to get married anymore, do you? And it's like, whoa, (laughs) chill out, Donna. Like, that's not where we were going at all. Yeah. And Sophie kind of freaks out at her mom saying like, that's not what I want. That's what you want. And then says like, I don't want my kids to grow up without knowing who their father is. And like, that really hurts Donna. And then shortly thereafter, Sam comes to talk to Donna and tells her that if Sophie felt you were okay on your own, would she want something different for herself? Okay, here's the thing. I love being on my own. I really do. You know, every morning I get up and I thank God that I don't have some middle-aged menopausal man telling me how to run my life. You know, I'm free and I'm single. Clearly in this moment, you can see that Sam loves Donna and Donna loves Sam. We got some chemistry. Uh, Shout out to... Actually, you know what? I can leave this for my honorable mention, but shout out to Pierce Brosnan singing in this scene because so far in the film... He has sung, but like it's kind of been with a big ensemble cast of singers. This was this was really the one where I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's gotta carry the load on this one. <laughs> what did you think of it? Whatever happened to our love? I wish I understood. It used to be so nice, it used to be so good. Like I thought, like I said, like there was, I think this was the part where I was like, okay, like he's, you know, he's singing a solo here. I think he did a good job. It's oh, hard. Sarah. What? You're so supportive. Well. You're so like. You know what? Because that's something that I could never, I could never do. So, and that I won't ever do. You're going to be that parent where like your kid <laughs> is on the bench, just a total bench warmer. And you're like, but you did so good though. Wow. I don't know. My competitiveness might come out a little bit. Oh, true. Too. Yeah. You are competitive. That is true. I like, I'll say my honorable mention right now. I'm honorably mentioned mentioning Pierce Brosnan's voice and his performance because like, I didn't realize how deep his voice was. I think with the accent he has, it's kind of disarming that when he sings, it's like, and you're like, Holy shit. That's, that's not the singing voice I was picturing. It's obviously not a typical singing voice. And I want to honorably mention the courage that he has totally to be like, this is going to (laughs) suck. And I, I'm just going to do it. You know what though? If you think about it, does he sing in any other part he's done? And I don't know this off the top of my head. Dude was James Bond. Well, yeah, he was, I was just going to say he's not singing in James Bond. He was the evil dad in Miss Doubtfire. Like, of course he's not singing (laughs) in shit guys, but I think he's also, one thing I really love about a lot of the older actors and actresses in this movie. I don't think they, they care anymore. I yeah. think there are no shits given. I think they were actually like, oh my God, Meryl Streep. And we get to sing ABBA. I might suck at this, but I don't really care. Like, let's just, let's I think just that's a it. great attitude to have though, too, for this movie, because like I've said a few times now, I think they all had such a fantastically great time making this movie. Yeah, I agree. So Harry also goes to see Donna and gives her a check for his contribution to the wedding. Donna says, absolutely not. I'm not taking it. Whatever. Um, Bill doesn't do anything. So there's that. Um, Sophie tells Skye that she messed up and she now has three dads uh, that want to walk her down the aisle and that she sent them all invites and basically comes clean to Skye. And Skye goes, what the heck are you doing? Is this why you wanted a big wedding? I was fine with a little wedding. You wanted to, you think by finding your dad, you're going to find yourself. You need to be okay by yourself before you can take on having a dad or three. He's not wrong. Agreed. I I know. I I agree with Sky here, but I I do. I do 
I do find it. I didn't like how Sky was so like, I don't know. I don't know who you are anymore. I don't know if I can marry you. And oh, it's like, it's okay, so pull your pull your stuff together here. Between both of them, Sophie's very dramatic at times. Sky was dramatic in that moment for sure. Yeah. And I was like, obviously, you're going to go up to the chapel. Like, come on. <laughs> Sophie gets ready for her big day and Donna helps her because, again, who knows where the bridesmaids are. Um, and on their way up to, to the chapel, Sam stops Donna and says he wants to give Sophie away. But she says no. And then they sing uh, Winner Takes All. And she runs up to the church to talk to Sophie, uh, to walk Sophie down the aisle. They start the ceremony and the um, the priest says, is it? I don't know if it's a priest or a. It looks like a priest. Okay, okay. It's kind of priestly. So they start the ceremony and the priest welcomes everyone to the wedding um, of Sky and Sophie. And then they welcome Donna and that Donna represents Sophie's family. And Donna says, hold on. We are all here together in this glory. And welcome to Sophie's dad. I have to tell you, he is here. I know. I invited him. You couldn't have. I don't know which one it is. Oh, my God. That's why they're all here. I'm sorry. sorry. Which, <laughs> a little awkward, let's be honest. In this moment, I was like, wow, she's doing it. She's talking about it. She's coming clean. In a church in front of a priest. Yeah. That's, uh, that's something else. But And and then all the dads kind of have this moment where they're all like, I'm totally fine with having one third yeah. of a daughter. And it was the sweetest thing. It was really sweet. Thing. I know. I loved it. They decide that, you know what, they're too young right now. They feel that they're, they can't, they shouldn't get married. They need to explore the world. They need to do what they want. Um, and so they do. And then somebody says, well, are we going to waste all this stuff for a good, like, it's a good wedding. Like, what's happening? Pierce Brosnan comes out of the woodwork and he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> You're going to need someone to boss around on this island of yours. Are you nuts? I am not a bigamist. Neither am I. I'm a divorced man who's loved you for 21 years. And ever since the day I set foot on this island, I've been trying to tell you how much I love you. So they do get married and um, the rest is kind of history. They, they find Aphrodite's fountain and um, they dance in the rain. <laughs> and we, we have a lot of like uh, interesting closure for pretty much every single character. Yes. Rosie Mulligan, who we didn't really talk about. So Tanya and Rosie are the two other members of the Donna's Dynamos. They're like, yep. they're the friends who are the best friends. They're the best friends. So Rosie ends up with Bill Anderson, which I actually like this pairing because he's a Swedish sailor and a travel writer. She is now a, uh, she's an author of a cookbook. Yeah. She's got a, she's got a cooking novel. Um, Harry Bright just randomly reveals like, uh, he's you're gay. The, yeah. He's like, you're the last woman I ever liked. And yep. he's going to stay on the Island because he found somebody he yeah. wants to spend some time with. So that's cool. Sophie and Sky are still together. Gallivanting across, you know, the world. And now Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan found each other. So like <laughs> literally we tied up every single knot. And did, did Tanya end up with that? The, oh, yeah. uh, the beach boy. There's like I a guess. random Not the bartender. beach boy, but a bartender. Yeah. yeah like he works staffer. on the beach. Yeah. I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Everybody gets laid here. It's great. <laughs> um, and that is kind of our movie for Mamma Mia. Wrapped up with a nice little bow. I've got a question. Okay. So statistically, it might be the most successful musical. So mm. this made $611 million at the box office. Wow. Might be one of your quick facts. I apologize. On a $52 million budget. So suffice to say, this film made bank. But does it make your list, your personal list, 
of top musicals of all time. We're talking just movies. Yes. Not any Broadway or anything like that. Right. That, theatrical. That, like plays that were made into movies. Or just things that are like just like. Oh, musicals. This is a musical movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. What do you got on the list? I okay. mean, I think most of mine are musicals that became movies, but still. Okay. Yeah. So like. Mamma Mia is definitely on the list for me. Really? I do. I do love it. Yeah. I, I've never seen it in like in theater, like in a, as a play on Broadway or anything like that. But I would really like to see it. Can I share an extremely unpopular opinion? Sure. That I've gone through this whole podcast without. You don't like this movie. N- no, no. Oh. I, I like the movie. <laughs> okay. I just don't love ABBA. Like what? There are yeah. This is the reaction Whoa. I was worried about. Okay, because like Abba is, I love Abba. I know you do. I do. That that whole genre and era, like you give me the I Bee love Gees, that era. I'm like, oh, the Bee Gees are fine. But people are like, what are you talking what about? What do you mean? You're talking about the Bee Gees right now? Oh my like, god. Yeah, I don't like that. Was never my <gasps> cup of tea in that era. Grade six, grade seven, I went through this whole like thing through music where that's like all I listened to was that around that time. Well, yeah. Fun fact about Sarah. She can sing all of Paradise by the Dashboard Light <laughs> by Meat Frickin' Loaf. So, yeah. Sarah, Only when so I've fun. had a few. <laughs> it might sound better, too. But, like, but, but give your boy Devin a little Fleetwood Mac? Absolutely. Mm, Fleetwood Mac. I love Fleetwood Mac. But, like, that's like, I was always I, le- yeah. leaned a little bit more rock. You look at ABBA, I'm like, oh, this is great. And then people are like, you're a dancing queen, just, like, punching the air. And I'm like, holy shit, people are intense. Uh, yeah, because they're so good. Like, I'm just saying, I, I like Interesting. ABBA. Uh, you know what? ABBA. I've learned something new about you today, and yeah. I don't know if I like it, you know? Fair enough. That's why I tried to go this far into the pot. We're, like, I'm almost like 40 minutes in. heartbroken. I tried to avoid it. Wow. Because I think they are good. Yeah. It's just, like... They're great. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay, so other ones I have on my list. Um, me. I mean, Grease. Yeah, that's on my list as well. The Sound of Music. That's on my mu- oh, list as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, perfect. Uh, Wizard, so Wizard of Oz is a musical, kind of, but it's from Ooh. a book. It, I don't know yeah, if it I was a play. That. I count it was that a for sure. Book, if I if I recall correctly. Anything that has music in film, I'm gonna count. Okay, okay, you shoot me some. Well, yeah. So I had The Sound of Music at two, Grease at five. I had West Side Story as my number one. Oh, that's a good one. So classic. Um, like this kind of falls into your category of does it count? Does it not? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, there's music. There is. And you know what? It's really, um, it's really that, that pure imagination song. Uh, it just sparks something in my brain that just, it gives me goosebumps. Uh-huh. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. And uh, yeah, you said Grease, the last one I've got, Rocky horror picture oh yes yeah cult classic for sure seen it a few times in theater Mm -hmm. seen it but obviously watch the movie i think it's got to be up there okay so the last even though like let's be real the rocky horror picture show it's weird the plot like yeah cult classic i've seen it so many times i don't really always understand the plot i'm like oh that's (laughs) right you learn something new every time you watch (laughs) i still don't really get that but i'm just gonna go (laughs) move on because i enjoy this so the last one for me would be um, adding hairspray. Oh, see hairspray. Hairspray is a near miss for me. What? No, like, like I, I, I agree. It's good. But like we're talking the movie. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's very good. Now we can jump into quick facts. The cast members performed their own singing, and the beginning of Super Trooper was sung live a cappella by the three actresses. Colin Firth once stated that if heaven exists, when he arrives, he wants to hear God say, I personally thought you were very good in Mamma Mia. That's what he wants God to say to him. <laughs> yes. You did good, Colin. <laughs> yes. In December 2008, this movie became the highest grossing movie of all time in the UK, smashing the previous record set by Titanic from 1997. Avatar in 2009 has beaten that record. At the start of the dancing queen scene, the picture on Meryl Streep's bedroom mirror is Amanda Seyfried's professional headshot. At the end of our last summer, Donna is holding a collection of photos, including a baby picture of Amanda. According to Meryl Streep, Dame Julie Walters injured herself while filming the Dancing Queen musical sequence by tripping over some rocks on a cobbled street, but soldiered on to finish the scene. Pierce Brosnan had no idea what the project was about when he signed on. The producers told him it was filmed in Greece and Meryl Streep was starring. He would have signed on for anything involving Streep, he said, describing her as that gorgeous blonde I fancied terribly in drama school. Okay, I totally get that. Because, like... Seeing the film, you're like, uh, Pierce is not that strong of a singer. I think he just said yes because he's like, Grease, Meryl Streep, calling for the Yeah, sounds like a great time. The slipping through my fingers scene includes a short clip of Meryl Streep and Amanda Seyfried laughing. According to the director, the crew blasted heavy metal music to get the pair to laugh so much. Meryl Streep went to Stockholm, Sweden to record her vocals for the song The Winner Takes All. She finished it in one take. Benny Anderson, former ABBA member and co-composer of the songs, called Streep a miracle. There's a scene in the movie where Stellan Skarsgård flashes his behind. He said, we decided I should be cooking on the boat. I thought I should have an apron on. The director didn't know I would be naked under there and have those butt tattoos. So when the camera rolled, I turned around right in front of it. The cameraman jumped and screamed while the director keeled over laughing. So, sorry, that means that those are actually his tattoos. That wasn't part of his character. So. Like, Stellan has butt tattoos. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not 100% sure, but it sounds like that it. That sounds like that's the case. <laughs> As of July 2018, this was Meryl Streep's biggest box office hit. This movie set a new mark for the biggest weekend premiere for a movie musical with $27.6 million. The former record holder was Hairspray from 2007. Several night scenes, including I Have a Dream, were shot during the day, then transformed in post-production. Colin Firth parodied the catchphrase of James Bond by saying, I'm bright, Harry bright, when he is standing next to Pierce Brosnan, who played Bond in four movies. Colin starred in the spy movies Kingsman, The Secret Service in 2014, and Kingsman, The Golden Circus in 2017. Golden Circle in 2017. The Golden Circus! <laughs> All of the songs were reorchestrated for this movie version, differing from the stage version and their original arrangements. Under Attack, One of Us, and Knowing Me, Knowing You were removed from the script. The name of the game was filmed, but removed from the final cut, and included as an extra on the DVD release. Thank You for the Music played over the closing credits. When All is Said and Done was never part of the stage show. Donna Sheridan, Meryl Streep, hums a few bars of Fernando, one of ABBA's biggest hits, as she walks into the old goat house while the fathers are hiding upstairs. The song is about war and the writers couldn't find a way to fit it into the story. In the original stage musical, the character of Bill Austin was Australian. This paid homage to ABBA's enormous popularity in Australia. For this movie, Bill Anderson was Swedish, like Stellan Skarsgård, who played him and like ABBA. 
Colin Firth, who played Harry Bright, used to play guitar in a band. The movie takes place in Greece, is based on Swedish music, has a title in Italian, and is played in English by American leading actors. Early in pre-production, the producers suggested including a newly written original song to qualify for the Academy Awards original song category. Former ABBA members Benny and Bjorn refused. Anderson composed Benny Anderson composed some additional music, but this movie was ineligible for the original song category because all of the songs were already published. Dawn French was originally cast as Rosie Mulligan. After the creators described her character as the fat, funny one, the musical director was clearly not impressed with her singing. She declined the role. In her autobiography, Dear Fatty, Dawn said that she is a fan of ABBA, but she is not a fan of Mamma Mia. She only originally agreed to do this movie because Meryl Streep was starring. The first movie shot on the new 2007 stage at Pinewood Studios following a fire after the movie Casino Royale in 2006 wrapped. The new 59,000 square foot stage was used for the song and dance numbers that could not be filmed in the sun in Greece. Isn't that a fascinating quick fact? It is. Because that is like, I even looked at the Pinewood Studios logo and Mm -hmm. it has like the James Bond 007. Like they fill 007 at those studios for which... Pierce Brosnan is in Mamma Mia. Very cool. Fun fact. It is a fun fact. On May 19th, 2017, Universal Pictures announced a sequel set to premiere on July 20th, 2018. Ole Parker of The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel served as writer and director. Originally, the song Our Last Summer was a duet between Donna and Harry. The song played as an instrumental at the beginning of the wedding is Knowing Me, Knowing You. The song is about divorce, so it is completely inappropriate for a wedding. Even though Cher was going to be in this movie as Tanya Wilkinson. What? Yeah. Which she turned down. She appeared as she appeared as Sophie's grandmother and Donna's mother, Ruby Sheridan, in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again in 2018. I, man, because Tanya is played by uh, Christine Baranski. She was pretty great. It would be so cool to see Cher. Using the actors and actresses' real ages, when Sophie Sheridan was born, Donna Sheridan would have been 36, Bill Anderson, 34, Sam Carmichael, 32, and Harry Bright, 25. In November 2004, the first announcement of a movie adaptation was made. At the time, Nicole Kidman, Kira Knightley, and Antonio Banderas were rumored for roles. Love Antonio Banderas. Nicole yep. Kidman, really? Yeah, no, Ooh. I can't see that. Like, who would she play, though? I'm assuming... Because she's younger than Meryl Streep, but she's obviously a lot older than Amanda Mm -hmm. Seyfried. Mandy Moore, Amanda Bynes, Rachel McAdams were all considered for the part of Sophie Sheridan. Olivia Newton-John and Michelle Pfeiffer were considered for the part of Donna Sheridan. Bill Nye was considered for one of the father parts. Love it. The title font is the same one used by Nirvana on their album covers. At around 59 minutes in this movie, the room that contains Donna Sheridan, Rosie Mulligan, and Tanya Wilkinson is the exact same room Ali, Lisa, and Sophie Sheridan are in the scene. They just have different furniture to make it seem as if they're in different rooms. The music to which Sophie walks into the church is Knowing Me, Knowing You, which later goes on to be sung by Lily James in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. When the stage show was performed in Edinburgh, Scotland, the male dancers included a Highland fling in Lay All Your Love on Me, In this movie, one dancer performs the same steps during the song. Dominic Cooper and Stellan Skarsgård appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Stellan Skarsgård plays a character named Bill in this movie. This is the name of one of his sons in real life. 
The story has the same basic premise as Buena Sera, Mrs. Campbell from 1968, featuring Gina Lollobrigada. A woman living in the Mediterranean has a daughter out of wedlock with the three potential fathers who don't know each other. One day, to the mother's surprise, all three men arrive at the same time to visit. Hilarity ensues while the daughter tries to find out which of the three is her father. While this movie heavily implies but never explicitly reveals who Sophie's real father is, there is a semi-official answer. According to screenwriter Katherine Johnson and the director, Sophie's real father is Bill Anderson, a Swede. Bill's character was Australian in the original stage production, but in the movie is a Swede plays played by Stan Skarsgård, meaning Sophie has her roots in Sweden, just like Abba. Honorable mentions. So I, I kind of already did mine. I want to honorably mention Pierce Brosnan, who, now that we've heard the quick facts, clearly did not realize he was going to be singing when he <laughs> signed up for this film. Probably not. No offense to Pierce. I, I don't think he would be surprised if I were to say, you know, a little rough on the vocal cords, but I just want to honorably mention his courage in realizing that this is what he had signed up for and being like, okay, uh, yep. All right, I guess I'm doing this now. It seems as though lots of people signed on just because Meryl Streep was named, was like named in it, right? I, I think it's a combination of like, it, it feels like, like Adam Sandler does all those movies in Hawaii with like, hey, Drew Barrymore is here again. And like Kevin, J and like, it's always the same like six dudes yeah. and they always go somewhere nice and warm. I think it's the same thing like Grease, Meryl. It totally signed cool. me up. Why, why not? <laughs> yeah. Okay, my honorable mention is, and you're not going to like it, but it's Donna and the Dynamos. I wish they would have performed one more song because, like, I love their performance of Super Trooper. Like, I just wish we could have gotten one more song under them. I think that would have been really, really dynamite. Di wow. <laughs> dynamite. Yeah. What should have been? I think everyone ended up with who they were supposed to end up with and, and went off to do what they... They went to do, I guess like the ending is supposed to be, you're not a hundred percent sure as to who the father is, but I kind of wish that Stalin Skarsgård character, Bill had a little bit more of a, uh, like character development in the movie. Cause I, I find, you know, like the other two did obviously Sam ends up with Donna and we have Harry who finds love as well. And, and I mean, Bill does, but just didn't have as many speaking points, I think throughout the movie or as much, um, screen time. I would like to what should have been, and here's the thing: I haven't seen it yet. Do, do we need a sequel for this one? There is a sequel for this. That's one. That's what I mean. Here we go again. Oh, do we need it? Did we need a sequel? I mean, you know what? I've only seen the sequel once. And oh, how was it? Like it was not as good as this one. Do we put it on the list? Yeah, we do. I think we do. Yes, okay. I All think right. it is there. So I think it's. I think we, we can answer yeah. my what should have been by actually watching the watching film it. and and doing an episode on it. Because yeah. that's. I just wanted to float the question out there. I don't know how well it did at the box office. I don't know if it was well received or not well received. To be clear, though, this film didn't do amazingly with critics. As does rom coms. I was gonna say, like, as a lot of like musicals and rom coms don't, but it did extremely well at the box office. So. Who's to say? Yeah. Overall rewatchability. So I've got chemistry, a 4.8 out of 5. I thought everybody was great. I love the three guys together as well, actually, as chemistry. Uh, Storyline, 3.95 out of 5. Thirst Factor, a 4.6. Imagination, a 4.6 as well. Even though they're taking like a musical that's ABBA music, you still get to mesh it all together. And I think it meshed well. Soundtrack, of course. A five out of five. 
and cheese a 4.1 out of 5. Four, and this is an important score because, you know, we kind of categorize anything 3.5 and up, like, that's a pretty great movie. Four and up, that's like you're in a really great area, and 4.5 and up is like you're in the icon region. And I've got exactly a 4.5. Well, 4.508. Oh, wow. Down to the thousandth percentile or 100, whatever. So it's like just, for me anyway, just in the icon territory. I like it. My rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry 4.9, Storyline 4.2, Thirst Factor 4.8, Imagination 4.5, Soundtrack 5, Cheese 4.8 for an overall score of 4.7 out of 5. That's kind of what I was expecting from you. Mm-hmm. Like, like some people are going to look at Mamma Mia and say this is one of the greatest films. Like, not like don't put a number on it, but just like it's in the area. It's a great, great film. Yeah, I think a lot of people love the play, right? So they were really excited for the movie. And I think they did a good job turning it into a movie that's still quite a musical. And it's still like, you know, we're watching this now and it's still like, oh yeah, I like all this shit. This is all great. You're, you know, if you were just a bigger ABBA fan than your friend Devin, you'd probably give it a (laughs) 4.75 or whatever. Thanks for listening.